This week, death is only the beginning with The Mummy. This is Body Counts and Beer. on the extra credits bloops. <laughs> Hello, John's a monster and welcome to another episode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm a monster, I guess, John Rooney. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have Caitlin Taylor in the house. She's a local Chicago theater director. She's very talented. She directed such shows as uh, Baby with the Bathwater. She directed Bloodsport the Musical. Bloodsport the Musical. And uh, uh, in the matter of J. Robert Oppenheimer, she's done some amazing work here. And she's going to hear be here today with us to talk about the 1999 Stephen Summers classic, The Mummy. Say hello to all the people in Radio Land. Hi, Radio Land. It's Podcast Land, John. You're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, The Mummy, from the writer and director of The Mummy Returns. <laughs> and the stars, the stars of Monkey Bone, Chain Reaction, and Dark Man 2 comes The Mummy. That's right. All of my uh, previous Monkey Bone jokes are finally going to get paid off in this podcast. We've been laying clues for all you sharp-eared sleuths. Oh, dear. Patrick, hot take on the mummy. Ten gigantic sandstorms out of ten. <laughs> wow. That's how I feel. John, hot take on the mummy. Um, I like that this movie comes in literally with all guns blazing at all times. Ooh. Caitlin, hot take on the mummy. More problematic than I thought when I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, hot take on the mummy. I need more beer. <laughs> So, The Mummy begins as all... Oh, oh shit, The Mummy begins? There's a prequel? That's right, yeah. Nice, the mummy, excellent. Yeah, The Mummy uh, uh, has his parents shot right in front of him in an alleyway after an opera. Oh, and he no. goes to Tibet and trains under the League of Assassins. <laughs> uh, and then this movie is just The Mummy. And right. The Mummy... So this is the one where the Joker comes in and is all like, Correct. Oh, I'm gonna give you some moral conflict. And he's like, well, I don't know, Patriot Act. Blah, blah, blah. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> that, that's what my is. sweet Batman impression. He swoops in just long <laughs> enough to say the name of some legislation and then walks off. No child left behind. Food <laughs> 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 and Safety Act of 1978. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the ketchup counts as a vegetable act, right? It's, yeah, it just sure is. <laughs> Wow, John, why don't you say boop a doop a doo one more time? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, sick bring, bring this podcast to a higher level here. Oh, this podcast is 90% funny noises. Uh, a lot of parents use this to lull their infant children to sleep. No, I, I think you are 90% funny noises. <laughs> so, the film The Mummy starts with mummies. Uh, not really. It starts in ancient Egypt yeah. with Emotep, played by the venerable Arnold Vosloo of Dungeons and Dragons and Darkman 2 and 3 fame. And uh, he has having a, uh illicit relationship. Oh, it's illicit, all right. Yeah, with a female. Uh, she's the pharaoh's daughter? Yeah. Wife? Yeah. yeah. I, thought she, 
Her name is Anaxunamun. Princess Anaxunamun. For all the listeners, Caitlin is the only one who knows what she's talking about in this podcast. I mean, I'm usually the only one who knows what they're talking about in this group of people. That is very true. Fantastic. (laughs) Sick burn, sick burn. Uh, and, and Imhotep is, he's caught, he's busted. He gets caught he's red-handed. Oh, no, because of the specific machinations of the paint being on Anaxuna Moon. I okay. think, like, I think this is a very important thing. Okay. The way that they stop cheating in ancient Egypt in this movie is by painting the mistresses of the pharaohs with paint so that if anybody tries to have illicit affairs, they smear the paint on their arms. To yeah. be able to, and then, like, now you can see, oh no, your paint is smeared. You couldn't have possibly have pet a That's dog. That's true. I, I get or... I understand. That's how I mark all my property. Everything in my house <laughs> yeah. has paint. wet paint on it at all times. <laughs> all times. Just in case. Just so people, if people touch it, you know. Yeah, I'm mean, like, hey man, who touched my white bread? <laughs> and, uh, my tempura paint's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and you can catch the fingertips right in there. Yeah. Well, what's, what, what's, uh, Strange about this is that Emotep, who clearly knows about the paint, and he's just overtaken with his passions and has to touch her shoulder while they kiss. Yeah. Just don't touch her shoulder, bro. Right? Right. What well, are you doing? To be fair, her whole body's covered in paint. She's wearing underwear, a necklace, and paint. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick is very happy about that. Yeah. But also, like, so not only can you see if anyone has uh, is having an illicit affair, but also everything that she uses in the course of a day gets paint all over it. True. That's a good True. point. How yeah. does she drink how does water? She do, how does she do her life? <laughs> when well, she, she goes to the bathroom, she what happens? Those, gre- those gold-painted priests that follow her around. Then everything is gold painted too. True. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You have because there's like yeah, the, yeah. the gold painted priests that follow her around and somehow did not notice that the one priest that's not painted gold. Is that's true. If he had just painted himself gold, it all would have been the, fine. With the Noxuna Moon. Or if they just carry around just some like touch up makeup kits, that yeah, would have been that great. Would be great. <laughs> oh, I heard a noise. Wait one second. Let me repaint your shoulder real quick. Good. We're <laughs> fine. Solved. We're done. Continue to casually lay on this cat statue. <laughs> We're good. Well, I'm glad we could answer this post at AshleyMadison.com. <laughs> <laughs> How is it? Can I prevent my ancient Egyptian princess from nailing my high priest? <laughs> But moving back to the plot. So Emotep gets busted by the pharaoh, and he is given a pretty harsh punishment. All of his priests are mummified. Mummified alive? Yeah. Well, no, they're just killed and mummified. Okay, but was, was, the, was the punishment for having the affair, or for just murdering the, the pharaoh? Oh, yeah, guys, we totally oh, skipped right. over That's right. The I pharaoh, forgot that Emotep... That's right. The pharaoh busts Emotep and Emotep's woman... And they're uh, uh, touching shoulders, as you do when you're having sexy time. Yep. And he busts them, and he so and they it. both team up and murder the pharaoh. Yeah, yeah. they do. It, it is a classic WWE heel turn. Yeah, yeah. She gives him a jab upwards into the gut, and then he does that thing where you just swing a knife wildly at a body, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. they're dead. Yeah. So, to be yeah. fair, she did most of the important killing. She really did. did. Yes. Yeah. 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 Though yeah. he did the cool part where you cut the body in half like a watermelon, yeah, and you know, and yes. like the part slides off the other part. You know, that's and great. then he, she, for whatever reason, maybe because of the paint, cannot run away. 
She has to then murder herself and not run away with him. Right. Yeah, well, Emotep not... just... Emotep basically is like, I'm sorry, bye. Yeah. I'll come back for you. And yeah. she's like, all right. Well, so like, kill she's self. Like, you have to resurrect me because that is easier than me running away with you right now. Well, guys, like, guys, you're missing... The paint dried. She was <laughs> oh. stuck in that position. <laughs> valid point, valid point. Emotep... Uh, uh, runs away, his lady is killed, and we kind of cut to a little bit further down the line, like a day, and he is doing some sort of spell to bring her back to life. And he's almost got it. Her soul bubbles out of this little, like, fake water, this black water. It's like the black oil from X-Files. And it crawls over as a giant skull, like it's an effect from the Frighteners. And it rolls all over her body. And just before he's about to to, uh, bring her back to life, he is attacked by the Pharaoh's guards and men, and they are punished, and they get their bad punishment. And so the priests are mummified, Emotep, mummified alive, and then Emotep is wrapped up alive in mummy bandages, but not mummified. He's thrown into a box, and they dump millions of bugs in there to eat him yeah. alive it's for eternity. It's actually real creepy. It's Although, super they gross. give Emotep the, the most... Uh, deliciously ironic of punishments. Sure. Not only is he buried alive, but he is given, before he is buried alive, superpowers. And then locked in a sarcophagus, no, never to be used. He's given superpowers because he went through the horrible punishment. The idea <clears throat> is that he's continuing to be alive. If I, here's the thing, if I gave superpowers to every person who wronged me in life, <laughs> there would be a okay, lot of people with superpowers. No, no, every, it's, every supervillain plot in all of history and time consists of the superhero giving the supervillain evil powers. Like, that's not true. Did Batman create most of his supervillains? I mean, no, not at all. He, he does throw Joker into the Joker goo. Only in the movie. <laughs> Only in the first Tim Burton movie, which is about as much Batman as I am. Although I do like, you're right, Patrick, the vat was clearly labeled Joker Goo. Yeah, no. Warning, keep Jack Nicholson's away. It's all cake, paint, and green. And he throws him in. And then Superman made Lex Luthor bald, as we all know, and that made him mad forever at Superman. Sure, okay, so you've got two examples. There's a thousand superheroes. You've got less than one percent. Once you get over Professor X, then I'll agree with you. Professor X made Magneto evil by spurning his romantic advances. Mm. I don't think that's true, is it? <laughs> oh, of course it's true. Uh, Patrick, you were watching the Triple X Men. <laughs> <laughs> Triple X Men. Uh, Triple X Men Alone 2, the KY connection. See, I thought you were going to go for, like, Vin Diesel in Triple X Men. <laughs> No, I was going for a cheap clerk's joke. <laughs> Moving on, cut to modern day, which in this movie is 1923. Oh shit, this movie was made in 1923? That's absolutely correct. That, how'd they get so much color on the screen? Paint. Uh, they painted every single frame. <laughs> every frame was hand-painted. Yeah, it's like how they updated Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Ted Turner got his hand yeah. on it. Sorry. Yeah. We cut to 1923, and the French Foreign Legion is withstanding an assault from, um, 
Let's say Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, from a bunch of bad guys yeah. with turbans. Yeah. Is what it is. Actually, that's really fair, because I was about to say, Mark, Mark, how do we know they're the French Foreign Legion? They're just Europeans in a desert with guns. But the uh, the idea that they're being attacked by Lawrence of Arabia and the whole thing is just a plot by the colonial powers forcing the Arabs against each other, I'm going to buy it. Also, they were wearing the dumb white Foreign Legion hats. That's how I do. I'm not absolutely sure that the uh, British didn't wear those stupid hats, though. I'm only basing it off of the movie Bloodsport, where Van Damme also wears one of those hats at the beginning when he's in the Foreign Legion. I'm sorry, not Bloodsport. Lionheart. 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 I'm going to commit Harikiri later on. I'm going to be honest with you. Everything everything I know about either of those forces either comes from Bear Grylls or the Four Feathers. (laughs) (laughs) The extent of my knowledge of all foreign legions. So the French Foreign Legion uh, is being attacked by uh, all the people, and they're, the French Foreign Legion is being led by Brendan Fraser. Of course. Playing Jack O'Connell. Sure. Uh, Rick O'Connell. I'm sorry, Rick O'Connell. I'm drinking beer. And, um, yeah. and his friend Benny, who is played by a white guy. That's it. He looks like Kevin, like the low rent version of Kevin Dillon. <laughs> Drama from Entourage yes. is there for some reason. Yeah. And it's never really explained why a white guy is leading this Egyptian force. And he's the only one. No, no, no. The French force. It's a French, French foreign force. Legion force. Okay. Yeah. He's an American. But, but they are. But they are all Egyptian people. Well, the from what I understand, force. from what I understand about the French Foreign Legion, and again, everything I learned about it is from the movie Lionheart, <laughs> it's entirely populated by criminals who are brought in <laughs> and conscripted into a fighting force. That's okay. not entirely true, but uh, they are, the French Foreign Legion is a foreign legion, not because they fight abroad, though they do. They are made entirely of people outside of France. So, guys, I just, I didn't want to blow through all of our Foreign Legion uh, content, because we've still got, hopefully, a lot more podcasts to do, and I want to spread it out of over course. the course of the sure. season. When yeah. we get to Lionheart, no. we'll really get, we'll do the deep dive <laughs> yeah. on Foreign Legions. John's um, going to teach us how to live through a cold desert night inside a camel. <laughs> you just got to taunt on that shit. <laughs> yeah, you cut the camel open with your lightsaber. Yeah. Surprisingly, they smell better on the inside. Yeah, that's true. Camel's the only animal known to do that. Yep. Man. It's roses and lilacs. <laughs> it's actually beautiful. It's a very pleasant night's sleep. Yeah, I have a Yankee candle that's just called Camel Insides. It's great. It puts me to sleep every night. Uh, and during this whole time, there's actually... We can't believe we haven't talked about this. There's a really long, terrible narration by somebody. Right. It's we, never... We I, I assume... It's the leader of the... Is it not the Magi, Magi guy? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. but they never come out and say who it is, because they never give that guy a name yeah, in the movie. Man. He's just a guy that has face tattoos, and he wears all black. Yeah. And they are there during name, the attack. Actually, I think we weren't listening. But no, 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 no. Actually, were... I looked this up. His name isn't given until Mummy the movie returns. Yeah, he definitely his name is name our death. His name is our death Bay, and it's an anagram for death by Ra. Oh, boo. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I just, I like that they planted a mystery that they could pay off in the sequel. Sure. Yeah, of course. He's the, um, he's the Sala from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade <laughs> of this movie. He shows up when it's convenient to the plot and helps sure. them out. Yeah, yeah. And then when they don't need him, he just disappears. Of course. And he's very friendly. Yeah. Except when he's not. Oh, no. Which is most of the movie. Look out! Yeah. Uh, so while the French Foreign Legion is being attacked by all the bad guys, the Magi, this mystical fighting force who've been basically guarding the tomb of the mummy, 
of Imhotep yeah. to make sure he doesn't wake up. Yeah. Uh, they do a pretty shitty job of it. Yeah. Um, they kind of watch the conflict and when the French Foreign Legion, who's like eight guys, take down a thousand ba- a thousand guys, they basically send some sand in his face. Yeah. They throw sand in his face. Well, it's like magic sand. It like comes out from the ground and, and hits him a whole bunch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, no. no. I just remember they're shooting and they kill like all these guys who refuse to fight her back. And then the horses get too close and then Benny escapes. Yeah. Well, Benny runs away before the battle even starts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Benny's a big coward. Yes. He's a big yeah. pussy. He yeah. runs. And uh, Brendan Fraser has like 900 guns and is just like, <laughs> yes. he fires Throwing his bullets the and then throws his guns away God, I will to say, pull out more guns. I, I yeah. really, I super love Brendan Fraser's gunfight style in this movie. He's he never has, exciting. he either has one giant gun or two hand pistols at a time. It's, it is very John Woo inspired. Yes. It is quicker to drop and pull out brand new guns than to reload the ones you currently have. Yeah. Which doesn't quite make sense within the context of being in the middle of the desert. Sure. Or like 1923. Many, or 1923, yeah, true. But um, but it is very exciting to watch. Like yeah. when he like yeah. jumps in the air and throws oh, the guns and then can't grab them back and then runs away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it should be pointed out, this is a silly movie. <laughs> yeah. Barry. But it is, it is a fun movie. It is a fun, action-y jaunt of a movie. That's what it is. It's a jaunty movie. <laughs> jaunty movie. It's something quite so serious as a run. <laughs> right. It's true. True. But it's a nice jaunt. Yep. Yep. It's very bouncy. Yeah. There, there is a significant amount of happenstance in it. I mean, how that battle ends is that Brendan Fraser is the last one left. Yeah. And then the, the forces on the horses surround him. And are are like we're gonna shoot you. And then the he happens to be right next to the what's the death God uh, Anubis. 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 Yeah. Anubis. He's, the he's jackal. Under the, yes. He's under Anub- the Anubis statue, and it starts doing the woo ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Casper flies out of the Anubis yep, statue. Right. There's, yeah, there's a couple of slimers. It's Casper yeah. Slimer. It's a whole ghost Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Yep, yeah. and everybody gets a scared away. Only Brendan Fraser, because <laughs> Brendan Fraser doesn't notice anything. Yeah. They all jump and outrun their shadows. Yeah. I, I, can I say that I love that you said uh, uh, forces on the horses. Yeah, I, know. I was just horses thinking that's gonna horses. that's gonna be my cool grunge cover band. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But what I love about this is it uses that trope of the entire time uh, the bad guys are just shooting in the general direction of Brendan Fraser until they've got him cornered, and then they're like, "Nah, we're gonna take our time and really aim properly." Yeah. If we've got time to do it right, we're going to do it right. Hey, no man. sloppy jabs here. They've wasted enough bullets on this asshole. <laughs> they then, all have exactly one shot left. <laughs> and then they decide to run away because he's standing underneath a dog statue. That yeah. makes a noise. Uh, yeah, it makes a noise. And then a giant face comes up. Look, I would be, I would be spooked. Cut to uh, uh, a little bit further down. Brendan Fraser's been taken captive. And we meet our, our female heroine of the movie, Played by the wonderful actress Rachel Weiss of the Constant Gardener fame and Chain Reaction and Constantine fame. All classic works of American cinema, of course, will be remembered in the annals of history. 
Yeah. Uh, and she's a librarian. Yeah, she and is. she's a clumsy librarian. Oh, well, so they decide to, to introduce her character via the classic uh, Frank Lloyd. No, not Frank Lloyd. Harold Lloyd? Harold Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, classic Frank Lloyd, right, situation. Yeah. She's designing a house on a yes. waterfall. There's angular there's angular walls and It's really it's an experience to walk through her home, is what I'm saying. There's it, lots it's of really... glass, it's over a cliff, there's a really <laughs> fancy Ferrari out there, and then Cameron lets Ferris steal it. <laughs> driving around the city that's a real deep Frank Lloyd Wright reference that house by the way still for sale check it on eBay or wherever houses are sold yeah, not eBay you got it right yeah. the, uh, see, the bidding is, yeah the bidding is cheap but they always get you on the shipping charges <laughs> it's on Quibbids oh no so uh, uh, our, our clumsy librarian is stacking books and then oh no she falls oh she's balancing precariously on a ladder and then she falls and knocks over one bookcase which knocks over another bookcase which knocks over about 50 bookcases in a long horseshoe of bookcases (laughs) which to me seemed like a really shitty way to set up your library right? (laughs) well this was pre this was pre Dewey Decimal so it was the only way they knew how was the horseshoe shape yeah or you know the person who designed it just really liked the game like the dominoes game where you stack them all and was just you mean dominoes (laughs) you mean the game dominoes no no, No, that's the game where you lay it down with the points the numbers to the numbers but then there's the dominoes game that you play with dominoes where you oh you're talking about domino rally to each other (laughs) and then you knock them over yes you're talking about seminal 80s board game domino rally (laughs) of course I remember that it was right there with crossfire and marble madness (laughs) crossfire Okay, now we have to pay the Crossfire people some money. Thanks a lot. Whatever. I still haven't paid Billy Ocean yet. (laughs) That's right. Come at me, bro, Billy Ocean. So, Rachel Weiss, our our librarian, whose name I don't recall. Anyone else recall? Don't, before you say anything, Caitlin John, do you remember her name? Uh, uh, Lady McReads a lot. (laughs) Patrick, do you remember her name? British McEnglish Pants. (laughs) Caitlin, what's her name? Her pants were very English. <laughs> Extremely English. Okay, I can't remember now. Oh! <laughs> her name's Evie. Evie! Evie. Evie. That's Evelyn. right, Evelyn. 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 Right, but everyone calls her Evie. Well, her brother no, calls her No, the brother Evie. calls her Evie. Everybody Brendan else. Fraser shouts Evelyn. Yes. Yeah. True story. Yeah, yep. no, it's I Evie. watched the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, These assholes, I don't know what they were doing. I wasn't just pounding beers. <laughs> so Evie Evelyn knocks over all these bookcases, and her boss shows up and he's very upset. Super pissed. Actually, he did, like, his words were words of anger, but he seemed like his body language was very calm. You know, to be fair, it was, he was not it, acting yeah. it that kind of, It kind of seemed like she knocks over bookshelves, like, once every sure. three days. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely more of a oh, you speech, <laughs> as opposed to a, you're fired speech. Yeah, well, it, she, he also makes it very clear that he cannot fire her. Yeah, because like, she's he, some uh, rich kid's daughter. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, we get a very, very quick backstory right then when yes. she says she has all these languages and we find out all this information of her, but that's not the reason why he can't fire her. It's actually because her parents were very rich and gave a bunch of money to this Egyptian library. Yeah. To the tiny Egyptian library. <laughs> that had, But that has like a museum in it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's like a very small library, but in the back room is a full recreation of an Egyptian tomb yep. complete yeah. with a sarcophagus. Yep. In a... Fucking dead body! <laughs> because she goes into the room and who pops out of the sarcophagus holding on to the 
gross, desiccated corpse of a human being. It's her shithead brother. Just to give her a good scare. Yeah, what an asshole. Been, like, how long was he wait? Was he just... Did, now, did he, like, fall asleep in there and then hear her coming and is like, ooh, I've got a great idea? Or was he like, nah, I got a great idea. I'm going to get in this sarcophagus. I guarantee you planned for years. <laughs> Since they were kids. It was one of those things like, sure that as, soon, <laughs> as soon as we have a sarcophagus <laughs> with a rotting body in it, I will climb upon inside and scare my sister. I've got enough food and water to last me for days. <laughs> nah, man. I, I disagree with you guys. I think he's walking through the uh, museum with his bottle of Glenlivet, and he just comes across a sarcophagus, looks back at that bottle of Glenlivet, and it's just a spark of imagination right then and there. <laughs> yes. Well, a good scotch will always yeah. enhance your prank. Halfway through a bottle of Glenlivet, yeah, anything's possible. That's true. <laughs> anything's possible, <laughs> including the rest of this movie. Yeah. Give us a call, Glenlivet. We got your new ad campaign. <laughs> Glenlivet scotch. Guys, if we How retweet, this if they send us money and we retweet it, do we get double the money? Is, it, is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, that's. I think that's how Steve Jobs made all his. Bridges. <laughs> it certainly wasn't in technology. It was a uh, retweets. Um, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Evie's brother. Do you remember his name, John? Uh, English Mc uh, drinks a lot. Patrick, do you remember his name? I think his name, John, was John. What? <laughs> <laughs> but that but I'm here. I believe his name is Jonathan. Caitlin, can you back me up? Right. Can you yeah. verify that? Oh. Judges, judges. He probably spells it. He probably spells it with a fucking O at the end, like a slob. <laughs> Wait, Jono? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know, but that's my new legal name. I think he's saying Jono. that he spells his name Jonathan instead of Jonathan. Oh, okay. I but somebody understand. should tell our friend John to buy a fucking H. <laughs> I have plenty of H's in my name, thank you very much. There's not a single one! Yeah, I got the H in the whole bunch! Jonathan Rooney with no H? You asshole! It's no, no, it's not. It's J-O-N-A-T-A-N. Jonathan. R-O-O-N-E-Y. Rooney. Jonathan Rooney. We all know this. You can lie all you want. I've seen your birth certificate. I stole it from that bank. The bank with all my bearer bonds? Your non-negotiable bearer bonds. Oh, man. <laughs> They're mine now. We'll discuss bearer bonds in a Die Hard episode. <laughs> Moving on, uh, because it's... <laughs> we've gotten through... We've only gotten through ten minutes of the movie. Um, stuff happens, and there's a mommy! <laughs> no shit. Really? That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Can I... I, I, I want to tell you about something else. We were watching this movie, and at first I was, like, really into this movie. I was like, yeah, man. There's, like, guns and action. And there's magic sand. And then the, the minute... <laughs> so this movie has everything. Guns, action, and magic sand. It's the like minute, Dino Riders. The minute... <laughs> The minute they took two minutes to start going like, 
exposition and like throwing up like explanations I was like I'm done yeah. and I don't remember anything that happened in this movie except for people got shot people got stabbed there was a mummy that's yeah. it, it, it the, the action sequences are actually surprisingly very well done yeah. they are I, I like them a lot yeah. but you're right anytime the movie tried to say like no guys seriously like settle down we've had some fun but now we have to talk about mummies it was really hard to follow <laughs> it was I remember as the next thing that happens is somehow they find out that Brendan Fraser who's now being held prisoner and also has super long hair for some reason that's what but, happens in jail bro but no beard not much of a beard yeah yeah, little no beard. He's got George Michael stubble, and he's got like, uh, but also George Michael hair. I guess he had long hair and stubble. So I to guess be fair, I know a person in this group that grows hair that way. Whoa, whoa, John! <laughs> Do you grow your hair like Brendan Fraser does in jail? <laughs> Yeah, it makes me look real cool, guys. Uh, Specifically whose hair whose beard does not grow while this hair does. Okay. <laughs> oh, for all of you who are not seeing this, I made a comical shrug motion. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently you don't pull both hair loaf hair growth levers at the same time. <laughs> what I do is I have to put weights on my beard hair to elongate it. <laughs> As the only person who knows what actually happened in this movie, so Jonathan has the uh, oh shit, what I do <laughs> in his whatchamacallit, Not you, John. The John in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the in there the can movie. be only one. <laughs> I can just leave. I do. I do remember that part of this movie where the mummy and Sean Connery got into a fight and right. they just tore down that castle. Yeah, uh, if, you, if you do remember Highlander, Sean Connery is Egyptian. That's right! Whoa! We just went full circle! You're welcome, America! So, Caitlin, what the hell happened next to yeah. this movie? No, hold on, hold lead, on. Us, lead us through the mummy, because I clearly don't remember anything besides there being a mummy. Just go back for the riverboat fight, because Mark skipped it, and he's an asshole. Riverboat fight? No, that not didn't happen yet. yet. We're not there yet. We're, we're like eight minutes into the movie. We have not gotten very far. To fast forward, there is a whatchamacallit that that Jonathan has that has a map in it. A MacGuffin? A MacGuffin in it. A MacGuffin map. <laughs> nice. And they continue on to the jail in which Brendan Fraser is kept, or Rick, as we would like to call him with the weird growing hair. And yes. he, and is that like Becky with the good hair? Yes. <laughs> this podcast will oh. never age! <laughs> seen all of Lemonade. It's real dope. (laughs) My favorite part was when they took lemons and squeezed them into a pitcher and then added water and sugar to make a delicious beverage that's tasty in the summertime. Oh, you only watched the the teaser trailer for it. It gets so much better. Ooh, do they make pink lemonade? (laughs) I'll never tell. So, before the problematic uh, non-consensual kiss that Brendan Fraser has with our <laughs> lead librarian, um, we find out that, in fact, Jonathan stole this little whatchamacallit off of Brendan Fraser, and that is why we are, in fact, back with Brendan Fraser because he knows the way to Mr. Death City. Right. Mr. Okay. Death? Is that like New Jack City? Yeah, actually, it's a lot like New Jack City. 
<laughs> yeah, Wesley Snipes is there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Mega City One from Judge Dredd. <laughs> it's New Jack Mega City One. <laughs> Blade Runner City. Brought to you by Mr. Death. <laughs> so yeah, so so uh, Evie's brother, who's creeping on Evie like he's gonna make out with Evie. It's really creepy. Uh, has stolen some weird. He ha- he is. They're holding hands. They are like nuzzling Arms. cheeks. I don't know it's how many times I have to tell you this. They're just pretty. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot. When you're I, on I an island, the, you don't I have forgot. many choices. No, you're right. I forgot the British were so open with their emotions. Yeah. <laughs> so they're incestuous ones. And now we have to get Brendan Fraser out of jail. How are we gonna do that? He will not give away the secret to where the deaths. City is. What is the Death City name? Anybody remember? No, it's called Hop- Death City from no, now on. That is a metal name. Hopanoptra. Hopanoptra. No, that's the type of peppers I use to make my chili hot. That's That's gotta be a patter song in like an old like fucking Marion Wilson musical or something like that. Just riding the rails. Yeah, yeah. That's like a thing that they cut out of the music man. Oh, oh, sir, they cut nothing out of the music, man. That is a long show. They sing a whole goddamn song about Gary, Indiana. Uh, Moving on, now that we've only gotten 12 minutes into the movie, uh, Brendan Fraser is, instead of being released, he's taken to the gallows, where he's to be hung for his crime of shooting people. He was. So, that is where Rachel Weiss, Evie, begins to negotiate with... A, um, I would say generously an Arabic stereotype. Yeah, generously. <laughs> and um, she basically offers him money. He says, what else? Grabs her leg. It's super creepy. Yeah. Super creepy. Then they hang him anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then uh, what happened? How did he escape well, from the hanging? Well, according to you, Brendan Fraser died for a moment. Then yes. they got back to shooting Correct. after that. The actual Brendan Fraser died <laughs> in real life <laughs> and had to be resuscitated on set. <laughs> then we came back to the movie where while he was hanging, she finally convinced him by saying that he that he knew the way to To Death City, right. <laughs> Take me down to the death city. And offered him a, a percentage of the um of the amount. Oh, that's of, right. Because that's where they have their super offensive negotiating argument. Yeah. Where she's like ten percent, fifty percent, twenty percent, thirty percent. Oh no, forty percent, twenty five. Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, they All do. A, they do a real duck season, rabbit yes. season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's super offensive and it's terrible. And then he eventually. Whatever. Who cares? They're on the desert next, and they're on their way to Death City 2. Well, they're on the yes, They're on the, the riverboat <laughs> river just like Mark Twain. Where they will meet Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn and two other randos. They'll become kings wait, of the really? riverboat gambling. Yes, wait, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. It's the League of Semi-Extraordinary Gentlemen. Wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I must have been drinking, like, too heavily. Are you, are you telling me they meet Huck Finn and yeah. Tom Sawyer on yeah. that boat. Also not messing with me, are you? The Americans. Are you serious? Who That's else true? would they have been? Really? <laughs> Who else would they have been? I don't even remember the scene happening. <laughs> yeah. Right in America. Oh, the Americans! Yes. No, wait, wait, wait. Those can't be Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. Why like, can't they be? Because they're like 45 years old. So, anyway, back to the so, riverboat. So we're on this riverboat. 
we meet our other characters, which we will bring up later for a while because they'd all die. Well, there's um, American guys. It's basically a bunch of American cowboys and one super foppy British dude. Yeah. Who wears a fez and holds an umbrella when uh, he's played by the butler from Richie Rich. And uh, also, Betty's back. Betty the coward, the big pussy is back, and yeah. he somehow survived. Leading <laughs> people to the place. True story. Yeah. yeah. And then they're on a boat for a while. Mm. And, and then they're not on a boat gets, for that and long. And then everything gets lit on fire. Right. Why does the boat get lit on fire? Because Be- the evil guy is dumb. <laughs> no, they're not evil. The All right. The Magi. <laughs> no, not, no. So the, 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 so the Magi come. Yeah, then let's just oh. take a second for this. The Magi, the Magi, who are the Arab keepers of an Egyptian priest's <laughs> tomb who have taken the name of the priests who visit Christ at his birth. Show up on this boat to burn it to the ground and kill everybody on board to keep them from going to find the priest's tomb. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did they ride their horses to the boat? How did they get to the boat? I Is there another I boat? Know, no, there, there was they, a they have a little rowboats. They have little rowboats that they boat up to it with. <laughs> I don't remember that. I just remember the one <laughs> shows up in the room. Oh, no, man. And just throws fire and sets the place on fire. No, there's a bitchin' little scene right before that where uh, where they're rowboating up to the boat and the one guy takes out that awesome claw he's going to use against everybody. I and he le- shimmers it in the moonlight. I, for whatever, I don't remember that. I legitimately thought they were magic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? Friendship is magic, Mark. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. if ever there were a group of friends, it was the Magi. Wait, are there any ponies with hearts on their rumps? No. I did not check the rumps of the ponies, but there are ponies and camels. Ooh. Do you think the My Little Ponies have, like, My Little Camel Cousins? <laughs> or My Little Donkey Cousins? Or My Little Zebra Cousins? There is a zebra in My Little Pony. Why do you know that? <laughs> I'm You're an adult human being! Why do you I'm know so sorry. much about Predator? Because I'm an adult human being, John! Moving on, there's a mummy, and shit's getting crazy! Wow, we are so far from that, but okay. Look, here's what happens. The boat catches on fire, they all jump off the boat. Yep. They land in an island, and no, they're like, true. and then Benny's like, oh, the wrong eh. and then Brendan Fraser's yeah. like, Okay. And then Benny's like, Ew. and then they show up at a fucking temple, and there's a mummy. That's what happens. <laughs> yep, that's true. That's actually a pretty clean cut. To yeah, love. that's yeah, all yeah. exactly yeah. I mean, one hundred percent correct. We're skipping over the problematic love story, but I think that's all for the best. I mean, sure, we typically skip over the problematic love story. Again, this show is called Body Counts and Beer. <laughs> Which we've been... We've Just been uh, take out your iPod and double underline beer. <laughs> we've been drinking copious amounts and having a great time. <laughs> oh, crap. I mummies! All right, so the mummy's here, and boy, is he ready to eat some organs, I guess. Yeah, so, all right, so they go into this... Uh, there's, like, a big race to the temple, and then they get inside, and... They, I don't understand what happens. They've got, I, I just, I literally like tuned out for this movie. I don't know what, usually I'm very, I'm very like good with like holding on to plot 
Because this is what I do. Every week, right. I come in here and I explain so, what's happening. And I can't right now. I can't. Because all I know is that there's mummies, there's bugs, people get stabbed, <laughs> and at some point, there's fire. At this point, we have a dual sequence where uh, you have Brendan Fraser and Evelyn and Jonathan are finding the corpse of Emotep. And the Americans, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn and their band of merry brothers are finding the Book of the Dead. And these two things are linked together because as the one group of assholes plays with one of them, it affects the other group of assholes find. The uh, Evelyn will then steal the Book of the Dead from the Americans and then read it, which she's really not supposed to do. Yeah, she evil-deads it. And then as Mark has told us many times, now there's a fucking mummy. There's (laughs) so many mummy! (laughs) Uh, so the mummy is just like a skeleton with some a little bit of rotting flesh on it, and he has yeah, to go. Yeah, he's still. They mentioned that he's still juicy. juicy. Yeah. That's the word they use for the mummy. Juicy. Well, yeah. Again, it was the '90s. That word was being bantied about. Yeah. Sure. I just. It, it seems very disrespectful to a dead person <laughs> to call their body juicy. I'm well, they didn't saying, know he was a mummy. I'm pretty sure I used to have that written on the back of my sweatpants. <laughs> this mummy is juicy. <laughs> Wait, why did you, just juicy? Why do you? Why did you have juicy sweatpants? Why wouldn't I? It was the '90s. You win. Didn't we all? You win. <laughs> so then the mummy goes on like a, a Kill Bill-style kill list of all the people that stole the pots that have his organs in them yeah. so that he can yeah. get them back. For you uh, Egyptologist majors, they're called canopic jars. We do know that. <laughs> I, I don't. Do we? The juicy mummy comes out, and they're like, oh, <laughs> this is a juicy mummy. And then there's the other like American guys, and then there's like all the bugs show up, and... Right? Like the bugs? They unleashed yeah, the bugs? there were definitely bugs. Because there's well, that asshole the guy who goes down there. The one guy picks the bugs yeah. off the wall. Yeah, He's just picking bugs, bugs out of up. a wall, and they like climb into his skin. It's really creepy. Yeah. It's like really super creepy. It is, actually. The special effects in this movie actually are pretty darn good. For 1999, yeah, yeah. yeah they're pretty solid special effects. Isn't they're it? better than Green Lantern. True. Yeah, were you going to ask Caitlin a question? I was, and then I got... I lost track. <laughs> I just wanted her to like. I don't know what happened in this movie. I don't remember. All right, so let's go ahead and just officially uh, defer the plot to Caitlin. Caitlin, please lead us through this movie. What happens after? So they they get the they get the mummy's curse, where the mummy has to find all the people. That, so that's where we're starting. Yeah, now? yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, start yeah, there. yeah. No, it's a good curse. place. That's okay. a great place to start. So. So they find um, the Book of the Dead and um, uh, Noxuna Moon's organs in the jars, and um, and so they read from the dead and the the, the the Book of the Dead, and the Book of the Dead specifically says everybody who's reading from this right now is gonna get killed by the by the dead guy who's gonna come back if he comes back, and they're like, great, we're not gonna bring anybody back from the dead, so everything's fine. Um, and they find their little jars, which are made of gold, which I guess they don't realize have organs in them, because I feel like they would be much gross, much I don't remember them having them. organs in them. They should <laughs> have they organs have in them. Or, they have Anoxuna Moon's organs in them. Yeah, they're it's, canopic jars. They should have her organs in her brain and I just remember at one point, the mummy's like, where are the other jars? And he holds up a broken jar with a cat face on it. And yeah. I was like, that's a cute cat face. <laughs> well, you were supposed to know what's in the jars from having ever watched any PBS ever, you goddamn heathen. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, that. 
Yeah, I, again, I was drinking a lot and um, <laughs> don't understand what, I don't know what PBS is. It's just, I remember distinctly your eyeballs saw this movie, Mark. I, mean, I watched look, you watch look, it. I, I know that I was there. I know that I sat through two hours of a movie, but all I remember was guns stabbing fire mummy. So now that yes. the mummy is on the loose and breaking all the rules, the let's just skip to the part where the mummy's on the loose. Right, yeah, just so like Mannequin the, 2. The mummy's on the loose because um, uh, Ms. Librarian Lady has read from the book, and and um, so he is, he is now just scaring the crap out of people, and, and he, I believe he is the one who summons all of the bugs. That sure. we are talking about. Yeah, yes. yeah the Scarab right. Beetles. The Scarab yeah. Beetles. And right. they can only run in straight lines. Yes. Yeah. They're like the Roman army. Yeah. yeah, and they can only run in certain sections. They can't seem to run up things unless that is part of the plot. Yes. Yeah. They, the, let's be fair. The Scarab Beetles only go where the script tells them to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. true. True story. Um, And he, he finally, he starts tracking, basically he starts tracking down the guys who were around when the book was was. Was read. Right, because the first guy he gets is Mr. Burns. Yes. Yeah. And John, don't make a joke. His name is Mr. Burns. His name is no, Mr. For Burns. No, for a minute John, I was like... you cannot speak. Moving on. <laughs> I just thought that I was having a stroke and, like, did we watch an episode of The Simpsons and I forgot? Yeah, no, no. Name, he was one of the Americans. His name is Mr. Burns. His glasses fall down. Somebody steps on them, and then he's blind. Yeah. But he's not too blind because he sees Emotep come for him. And he all of a sudden has no more eyes. Yeah. And, and he, Emotep has eyes! Yeah, and, and a, a really sweet oh, gorilla vest. Oh, and a tongue. And yeah. his tongue, too. So the mummy is basically vandal savaging people. He is immortal and he's stealing all the organs he needs to become whole again. Yeah. Right? For some reason, he doesn't take all of that guy right there. Well, no, they do explain that horrific. because uh, they explain that he was going to, but he was interrupted by Brendan Fraser's tomfoolery and yeah. buffooning. I thought That's it was, right. I thought it was uh, Evie's. And looking like an Oxygen Moon. You know, it's a little sure. of column A and a little column B because yeah, okay. those things that's all fair. happen that's together fair. at the that's same fair. time. All in the same yeah, no, you get the Evie comes in looking like his ex girlfriend. Brendan Fraser comes in and shoots him in the leg with a shotgun. Yeah, all and all, all of those shotgun. things. Yeah, that slows you down. Yeah, yeah. no, that. And to be fair, this entire plot of this movie was redone a year later in Dracula 2000. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that I remember like. So well. <laughs> Lincoln Park's on the soundtrack. It's great. Wow. Uh, yeah, moving on. The mummy is mummying around and doing <laughs> mummy things. Yep. Uh, so Brendan Fraser is all, you know, they escape the temple, they go back to a port city, and uh, Brendan Fraser's like, all right, I'm out of here, this is way too much mummy he, for yeah, me. Yeah, he's pulling his Han Solo at the end of New Hope. Right. He's like, I did my job, I'm taking my money, and I'm getting out of here. And uh, while they're there, Emotep is also in town, and he's wearing a sweet mask, and he's staying with Mr. Burns in Mr. Burns' Well, they go there. Him and Benny go to Mr. Burns to finish turning Mr. Burns into a raisin. That's right, because him and Benny form like a little alliance because Benny speaks uh, ancient Hebrew. Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, and it, it's it's a very uh, Vigo and whatever that character's name was. Uh, Janusz. Janusz, Janusz, yeah, from uh, Ghostbusters Two. Peter McNichol, the immortal Peter Peter McNichol. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's the relationship that we've got yes. going on. It's very much a what can I do for Lord Vigo. Yep, so he brings him back and he steals up all the organs from Mr. Burns and becomes a full-on mummy. Well, no, like, Let's just skip to the part where he's a full-on right, right, mummy. Right. So he whips on through all of the Americans, turning them all into raisins, and then he's a full-on mummy. Except for, like, his mouth? No, no, that's it's the last one. Oh, okay. The last guy, yeah, yeah, now the uh, Johnny One Sleeve who refuses to wear his jacket all the way. <laughs> right, Johnny One Sleeve. Yeah, he he's the one who eventually gives Emotep his mouth back. Right, right. <laughs> Cousin of Steve One Pant Leg. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I have no mouth and I must Emotep. Yeah. No, I really don't understand that. Like that guy has a jacket with two sleeves and he has. There two is arms. every there. Okay, there is everything <laughs> wrong with everything this guy's wearing. He is wearing his trousers way too high. His necktie is far too short. <laughs> he has He's not put together. I will grant you that that is one of the few men I've ever seen in my life whose belts were at their nipples <laughs> yeah. and the necktie somehow didn't touch. <laughs> like, that is impressive. <laughs> oh. uh, so there's a full-on mummy and all the good guys get into a car to, to run away from the, the... There's, like, a plague of, like, zombie people that Emotep has... Yeah, well, because, like, when Emotep comes back to life, we get, like, the ten biblical plagues? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah all the water turns to blood. Right, the, yeah, there's lo- locusts, locusts, the water turns to blood. There's right. a meteor shower that blows up a bunch of stuff. That's, That's from the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah, there's fire from the sky, and the, 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 there's a big eclipse. Like yes, the sun and then there's... Of boils and welts, on which for some reason enslaves like the entire yeah. population. Yeah, yeah, people, it get, makes like, people get a couple blisters, and all of a sudden it's just like, I guess I'm a zombie now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those uh, 28 days later boils. <laughs> yes, yeah, a Danny boil. If you so they drive through the city and they drive through a horde of zombies, and they uh, they get to the end of town where Emotep is there waiting for them. And he uh, he steals away uh, Evie. Evie, and is like yeah. Well, he gives them all of a sudden. He's learned how to speak English. Yeah, and he, no, no, he's being translated. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he's Benny being translated by Benny. Him. Because at one point he translates something wrong and then Evie corrects him. Yeah. Well, what's great is Benny is clearly a method translator because he is not only translating the words but also the flair and yeah. intent of the language yeah, no, as well. Benny's a pretty good, uh, you know, insidious servant. Sure, yeah. He's yeah. a pretty good Renfield yeah. for this mummy. <laughs> no, if you need a henchman, Benny's your man. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, basically, they're given the ultimatum, he can take Evie now. And then everyone else will live to fight another day. Or he'll just kill everybody. And Evie takes a sacrifice and she goes with Emotep, who promptly tells his slaves to kill everybody. Yeah. Sure, yeah. The so, old trick. Uh, they escape through the sewer system. Uh, Daddy old guy has a sword and then gets group hugged to yeah, death. Now, if I can take a second here from yeah. the plot, this yes, the please shit out distract of me. us from this plot <laughs> that we have been so Byzantine in I am, unfolding. I am, and this happens a lot in movies and cartoons, and I am terrified by the prospect that my sewer system is just like a big pull. From getting to. Like, he pulls the manhole off of that with nothing. And there's no screws, there's no bolts, right. <laughs> there's nothing point. holding that there's, manhole we, down. We he just whips it off like the top of a pizza box. There are there are a frightening <laughs> amount of movies where our sewer systems are way too easily yeah, accessed. Yeah. yeah, your sewer system is nothing. Like, I mean, this movie, Rambo 3, yeah. uh, uh, there's way too many movies where you can just 
jump into a sewer and get anywhere you need to go? Anywhere. Like it's those weird tubes at the bank where you put your deposit slip <laughs> in and it just zips you somewhere? So they, they make their way out from the from the sewer escape. Uh, they go out into the desert where a character called Winston has a phonograph that he's listening to yeah. and an old World War One biplane mm-hmm. that he's just got gassed up and ready to go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the uh, like the flying man from Mad Max. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna fly you to the to Death City," and they're like, "Rad! Let's all oh, there's only seats for two of us. Well, we'll strap all the other good guys onto the wing of this plane. Let's yeah. get up into the sky." It's the kind of acid dreams that I expect a Snoopy from Charlie Brown to have like <laughs> yeah. late in life after he's all drunk and mad. <laughs> Like that's the the kind of World War One pilot what? he will become. Can, can I ask you what Snoopy's mad about? Like, why, I have no idea. Why does Snoopy become an alcoholic? Because Snoopy Snoopy sacrificed for this world, and it gave him nothing back. <laughs> what he was he just sacrifice? looking for a challenge, just like Pilot Winfield. <laughs> I don't understand, poor Snoopy. Listen, when you age, you'll understand the bitter struggle of Snoopy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, did Woodstock get kidnapped and he's on a bitter revenge mission? <laughs> or were they mountain climbing and then Woodstock fell to his death and now he's got to, like, learn how to love mountain climb again? Like, cliffhanger? Is that what we're talking about? I don't understand. Moving on. <laughs> so they, they fly to the City of the Dead, but Emotep uses his uh, sand... Mancy powers, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he has sand Mancy powers. Uh, He's a sandromancer. Yes, of course. Uh, And he makes a big old sandstorm with his face in it because the mummy is nothing if not great at branding. And he's real smug about it, right? Yeah, he's got his little T-Rex hands out and he's... And the sandstorm's just, I guess, like, going along for the ride. Yeah, because then the sandstorm yells at them, too. Like, it comes out and he's like... (laughs) Like, it's a giant sandstorm that doesn't have a larynx or a voice box... But it makes sounds. Yeah. Uh, so Brendan Fraser takes I the. Uh, I just I just want to say this movie was not scientifically accurate. <laughs> That's all I want to say. Uh, so Brendan Fraser it's takes the the gun on the back of the biplane and starts shooting at the sand because of course that'll work, Brendan Fraser. You did it. You solved the mystery of the sandstorm. Uh, no, of course that obviously doesn't work. The sandstorm starts to swallow them up. Uh, Evie. Caitlin- how, how does Evie stop the sandstorm? <laughs> well, instead of kicking him in the balls, which is what I would have done. Right, of course. Um, She decides to kiss him to distract him. From kiss him the- and, like, turn him away from yeah, the sandstorm yeah, yeah. so that he breaks eye contact, yeah. which I guess yeah. is important. And then she can watch and then be happy when, when the sandstorm comes down. Right. Which I guess yeah. strategically makes sense. Sure. Can we talk about how that's not a thing in movies anymore, but it used to be huge? Turning yeah. people around from sandstorm? <laughs> That they're controlling. To yeah. stop them from doing bad. Yeah. In the 80s and 90s, that was a huge thing. Yeah. Like, if you were going to distract somebody, you used your feminine wiles. And by feminine wiles, I mean you just jammed your tongue down their yeah. throat. Yeah. And well, then they were just like, I guess everything I cared about before means nothing because I might get yeah. laid. Well, well, Schwarzenegger does that a ton in Commando, doesn't he? With uh, what's his name? Yeah, he yeah. kisses he uses the heck. Red Don Chong yeah. as a honeypot like three times. Like three times, yeah. Well, I think it's it's uh, not a lot of our modern day movies rely on the bad guys having a short attention span. That's true. <laughs> so that's part of it. Uh, also, we're, we're like, desperate. oh, women can be full characters unto themselves. Right, yeah. Uh, so the the plane makes a crash landing, killing old guy McWeird Mustache in the process. Yeah, but everybody Winston. else is fine. Yeah. 
Everyone else is fine. Uh, they go into the temple where what's Benny? Emotep. <laughs> yeah, Emotep. Sorry, I was there's, just gonna list sorry, all the characters there's, in the movie. There's, there's a possession happening there's outside our window. Strangers at our window. I think the I think the baseball furies are coming for us. <laughs> uh, so before the warriors take us out for our final battle of glory, uh, let's wrap up this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of where like the movie kind of kicks into a bit of a gear. You know, yeah. like there's a lot of like bullshit leading up to this of just talky talk, which I don't care about. <laughs> yeah. This the only we... talking I want to hear is with a gun. If I want to hear talky talk, I want to hear good talky talk, not just like <laughs> like all the dialogue in this movie is the equivalent of the WB Frog singing. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's just the way it is. And uh, thankfully, it gets to some sweet action when they're in the temple, and uh, there's some there's some bugs that happen. There's dynamite. Yeah, they uh, they they team up with a they've teamed up with the magi at this point yeah. to, yep. to go. Uh, there's an actual the the priests who are mummified come back to life an entire Egyptian phalanx which is anachronistic yeah. because they didn't march in phalanxes but whatever uh, sure. they're back to life too uh, the drunk British guy uh, Scotchy McDrink face. Uh, finds Evie's out. brother? Yeah. Evie's Your namesake, John? <laughs> yeah. I've blocked that name out because every time you guys mentioned it, my ears perked up because I thought you were talking about me. Just like a puppy. <laughs> uh, but he finds out, uh, he reads from the Book of Ra, which is like the, the life book mirror yeah, of the no. death book. You got the white book to balance the black book. Yeah, because like the death book is silver or at least it looks silver and the, the life book is gold. gold yeah. uh, and he figures out that he can use the life book to control the mummy army. Uh, the mummy army uh, ends up helping them to defeat the the partially resurrected bride of the mummy. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he, he, he finally gets the, the, the spell underway and he conjures the soul out and, like, the weird desiccated body of the princess comes back to life, but the process is interrupted. And so there's just, like, this weird mummy chick, like, running around fighting people. Yeah. yeah. And she's the only, like, real person mummy in the movie. It's yeah. the only mummy in the movie that's not done in CGI. Yeah, It's sure, a person yeah, yeah. in real rags and, Actual like, makeup. mummy, yeah. Yeah. And it's really creepy and effective. It's, it's, real, it's a yeah. really good it's mummy. It's a real great yeah. costume. But she gets murdered by the Pharaoh's guards who have been resurrected. Right. Well, you know. And then uh, Mr. Emotep is is very angry about this, and he's he's going to lash out and have himself a bit of a tantrum, yeah. I must say. But he, uh, our friend John manages to finish his uh, mystery poem, and then <laughs> chariots from the netherworld. Yeah, give yeah. credit to yeah, the heroine. Give credit to Evie. Evie is the one who makes the incantation and banishes his soul where a uh, a, a chariot a, 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 chariot, a, a, chariot, yeah. a ghost chariot uh, much like the the ghost train in Ghostbusters 2 yeah. goes through no. Emotep and grabs his soul on the way out it, it swung low people really and just did. and just like in Ghostbusters 2 he didn't get the number no no, no, no. he didn't uh, but it, it, it rips him out and it looks like he's about it looks like a quantum leap effect no. yes uh, but now Emotep is mortal. Uh, and he and he's immediately stabbed yeah, by right Brendan Fraser. Well, right. he doesn't seem to understand the implications of his soul being carried off by a ghost chariot. No, he understands them because as the ghost chariot is taking it, he runs after it like waving his arms yeah. like a Muppet. <laughs> he's like, oh no! But he just 
walks right up to a sword-wielding Brendan Fraser like he's right. about to a, just wreck him. A sword-wielding Brendan Fraser who at this point has murdered like 50 Beast. skeletons. I know, right? Yeah. And to be fair, I would be a little distracted too if I saw my immortal soul dragged off but my body remained on this plane of existence. That raises That's a true. lot of a, philosophical yeah. questions. A, dude, a ghost dude in a chariot with three ghost horses rode in from out of nowhere, <laughs> grabbed his soul, was like, yoinks, and then rode away. <laughs> and then he's just like, I have to write some Brechtian theater, I guess, <laughs> because I don't know what existence <laughs> means anymore. And then he gets stabbed in the gut. Yeah, and he falls back into his uh, his, his black oil brightest. weird yeah. water. Yeah, uh, he very water. he t2s. He understands why we cry, even though he cannot. Yeah, yeah of course. He Throws turns a thumbs in, up. He does as he sings now. He turns back into the creepy mummy as he's being uh, dragged into the yeah. pit of faces. Yeah, he loses all of his awesome new flesh. Yep, true. And then Benny accidentally uh, hits the big. Uh, yeah, he hits the button. one "Do not press this button unless you want to collapse the whole temple" button, which, by the way, was just out in the open with yeah. no signs of warning. That's some poor archi- uh, architectural. Design That's true. The there, architects yeah. were like, you know what? We need to give this place a Death Star style exhaust port weakness. <laughs> yeah. Well, if like we could all just put ancient... a giant red button in the middle of the <laughs> temple, that'd be great. Like all ancient temples, though, there has to be a mechanism in which all of the ceilings just come straight down. Yeah. Right, of course, yeah. Uh, so the the temple starts coming down like that. They run out. Uh, Benny gets left behind. And as the he's trapped in the temple, and he's like, well, this has been a case of a Mondays. Uh, when an army of scarab beetles encircles him and his torch goes out. Yeah, and then they eat him because he screams a lot, and so we get to infer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, context clues. Right? Uh, so they, they get out. Uh, the Magi is just like, hey, dudes, good job with that mummy. Thanks a lot. Let's literally ride off into the sunset, and boy, do they. Yeah, well, on but there's back. also, like, the entire temple of the mummy explodes. Yeah, a bunch <laughs> of times. However, yeah. and they ride off with all of the gold that Benny had been dragging out, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get all that money. That's oh, yeah. Sweet, sweet money. They're rich as shit, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're super rich, buddy. That explains the sequel. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they have all the... And it's that nice CGI sheen on one of the things. The yeah, there's a way. part where they're Saddle driving away. full of gold right There's now. literally a computerized, like, digital J.J. Abrams-like lens flare <laughs> that rides around the edge of, like, a little cup. Yeah. <laughs> and it actually goes... Yeah. And then there's credits. Yeah, that's the movie, everybody. That's the movie. We did it. Good job, team. It took us a while, but we got there. Great work, everybody. (laughs) We're going to take a very brief break and come back with bullet points. Bullet points! And we're going to start with our first bullet point. Body count! Body counts. John, what do you think the body count of this movie is? Well, now, this was, a, I believe, a PG-13 movie, so there's not a lot of on-screen death. Uh, there's a little bit of implied death, but I still think it's kind of low. I'm going to peg it at about 10 deaths. Patrick, what's your body count? Ha! <laughs> He's going to peg it. Uh, if we're... <laughs> yep, I'm going to do it in the butt with a dildo. If we're going to count... <laughs> Have fun editing this podcast, Mark. Nope, I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> I want everyone to know, including your mom, was one of our Twitter followers. Hi, Mom! <laughs> and we all know what pegging is. Uh, the internet is a wonderful resource. I think if you count the mummies that get re-dead, 
I think you're probably looking at... I don't think you can. They clearly don't have souls. I'm going with a good 75. Caitlin, what's your body count for this movie? I think if you count the... The priests that get killed alive... The people that get <laughs> murdered. They get killed alive. They get, <laughs> they get killed alive. alive. They get murdered to death. They get murdered. Okay, guys. There's, a, there's the whole army that gets killed with bullets. Yep. There's the people that get like, run over with cars. Mm. I'm going to go with a uh, 200. I forgot about the army. So we the, all forgot about so the army. So Caitlin is actually closest. The actual body count is 174. Nice. Can that be? Because a whole died. army is yeah. murdered, John. <laughs> it's the whole army in the beginning. Don't you remember the beginning when the French Four Legion is just throwing bullets? I clearly only yeah. remember Brendan Fraser's dreamy hair. Yeah, no. Brendan Fraser kills at least two or three people per bullet, and he's got like eight guns in that scene. Right, and there is that scene in the uh, the, the like zombie town chase where that uh, Mr. High Trousers uh, short tie <laughs> yeah, is just, just firing indiscriminately like into a yeah. crowd of innocent people. Yeah, high Trousers short tie. That's <laughs> another dozen people dead. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, this, I, I call Caitlin. I, I, at first I was like, that seems high, and then after watching the movie I was just like, Jesus, so many people <laughs> die in this movie. Yeah. A lot of deaths. Moving on. Best kill. Best kill. Patrick, what's your best kill? You know, I think my favorite kill in the movie is the scarab that gets the, the Middle Eastern guy that was going to hang Brendan Fraser. The and stereotype it, guy. Yeah, and he crawls into his brain and drives him crazy to the point where he runs and slams his head into just a solid concrete wall. That was comical. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, there's three things I think are funny. (laughs) Knock-knock jokes, fart jokes, and when people's brains are taken over by giant bugs and they slam their face into concrete, it's funny every time. You have no idea how much the beginning of Star Trek II is just a junk fest. (laughs) Have you ever seen that old Martin and Lewis bit where they're taken over by ancient Egyptian bugs? Classic. I love an earworm bit. <laughs> Caitlin, what's your best kill? I definitely like, I think the word Capri Sun was used, and I like this for this kill, was when um, the guy with the with the Sawyer hair from Lost... Um, yeah, Mr. Burns. Yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, the second most attractive person in that movie. Um, gets Capri Sunned by the mummy in a shadow sequence. Like, we only see his shadow get down... Um, until he has no flesh left. I like that one. Yeah, the mummy uh, takes the body and sucks out his essence and leaves behind just a husk of a, a person. Yeah. Like a dried out husk. Yeah. And it, yeah, it definitely, yeah, the Capri Sun. Although, like I said, it couldn't be a Capri Sun because it happened too quickly. <laughs> yeah, it would take about 30 tries to get the straw in him. Just jamming it in there. <laughs> It was an ecto-cooler. He got ecto-cooler. <laughs> John, best kill. Uh, my best kill is a quick kill. It's uh, during the city chase sequence. There's a couple of uh, like zombified goons uh, trying to climb into the car as it's driving. Uh, Brendan Fraser takes one by the hair, throws him off the car, and he slams into a telephone pole. <laughs> it is delightful. It's a real Looney Tunes action moment. It's great. Nice. Delightful. <laughs> Guys, there are three things I find delightful. <laughs> Hot fudge sundaes, apple pies, <laughs> and people getting thrown into telephone poles. Yep. It's yeah. cute as shit. 
My favorite kill is Brendan Fraser. It's not even a real kill. Brendan Fraser picks up a chair and <laughs> throws it across the room at somebody. Yeah. And Benny takes yeah, it out. In the he back takes of out Benny. Benny. He just throws a giant wood chair with one hand across the room. Like if he, Benny died, that that eclipses like Rambo three <laughs> hang then explode kill because yeah. yeah. it's a chair. It's he awesome. kills it with a chair. It is great. It's yeah. so Throwing good. It. It's awesome. He, and, like, he just picks it up by like, the back of it and just launches it overhand yeah. at, like, 90 miles an hour. Yeah, no. And it's a fastball speed yeah. chair. chair throw. <laughs> the fact that he survives is the opposite of delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our next bullet point, war crimes. War crimes. Caitlin, tell me about some war crimes in this movie. Well, I... I think there's probably, like, a bigger body count, but I definitely think the, like, murdering of innocent civilians just because the their minds are being taken over with a car, that's probably my biggest one. Like, all of the, like, Egyptian citizens. Sure, yeah. They could just get murdered by by them trying to get away from the money. Right, they're, they're like, yeah, it must be said, these are innocent people yes. whose only crime was being in Egypt yeah. when a mummy showed up. But I mean, this does uh, open up a classic debate, because these these people were, in fact, trying to kill Brendan Fraser and his company of merry men. Sure, uh, yeah. So it's like, where do you, it's like the, you know, Hitler as a baby was an innocent, but would you go back in time and kill him? It's yeah. it's a but classic moral dilemma. If that sequence exists in a movie, I feel like there would be more weight than there was to the mowing down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. it, it, it does not seem to take a toll on anyone. No, no. they're literally just driving over people. Yeah. Yeah. Like I almost expect them to start tuning the radio to find the hip song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever megaphone crooner was hip those uh, days. T- turn on the windshield wiper yeah. to try to yeah. get one off. Yeah. They're driving an Acme brand crowd splitter. <laughs> Patrick, tell me about some war crimes. Uh, you know, on the face of it, I gotta go with uh, early 20th century colonialism. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I think I'm also gonna take whatever the hell you have to do to create a sandstorm with your face in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if there's not a treaty against that, there should be. It's just how I feel. I'll, I'll be contacting the UN tomorrow to yeah. make sure that that gets done Please for do. you, Patrick. I'm gonna write my alderman. <laughs> <laughs> John, tell me about some war crimes. Uh, so I, I don't know if it's a, a war crime exactly, but it's definitely part of international law as it stands today. I don't know what it was. It, it probably wasn't a big deal at the time, but uh, definitely raiding the tombs of a foreign nation and plundering its treasure to bring back with you is... Uh, desecrating the corpses of its dead. Sure, that's probably frowned upon, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, ban Ki-moon, not into it. Yeah, no. I can't imagine what it would be like to have some foreign country show up in a cemetery and blast all of our corpses with shotguns. <laughs> I feel like Americans would be out that's, that's the best sequel to Red Dawn will ever get. <laughs> Mark, war crimes. Uh, I think my war crime would have to be the unleashing of a supernatural being onto this world who plans on killing us all. I yeah. feel like that's... Basically unleashing a weapon of mass destruction that is an atomic bomb of a human being and he's going to kill everybody just to get his girlfriend back. That's gotta be a war crime, right? That they bring a zombie to life? 
That murders people? Yeah, but I mean, the ancient civilization were the ones who put in the mechanisms by which we get this. So I, I don't know if it's... You're trying to suggest that ancient Egypt is grandfathered out of basic morality? <laughs> Well, it depends. Did King Tut sign the Geneva Convention? Listen, guys, Pharaoh doesn't have to play by our rules. Thanks, John. You gotta respect the culture. If they wanted to make an atomic bomb person, that's that's them, alright? You do you, Egypt. I look, I look forward to living in Trump's America with you. Wait a second. An atomic bomb person? Are you saying that the mummy is Dr. Manhattan? <laughs> guys, scrap this whole podcast. We got some conspiracies to theory. All right. Last bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is this an action movie? I'd say this is 40% an action movie and 60% some swashbuckling. Oh, all right. Mm, swashbuckling. Patrick, is this an action movie? I'm going with yes. I qualify swashbuckling as action. John! <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I was getting pedantic with my division yeah, of subcategories. That's right. Earl Morris and I. Or, <laughs> yeah. Earl Flynn. That's the Earl I'm looking for. Errol? You mean Errol? Earl. No, no he was an Earl. Earl. He owned land in the uh, aris- British aristocracy. He had risen to the rank of Earl. <laughs> oh, right. The Earl of Flynn. I forgot about that. <laughs> Two R's, so you know to roll it. <laughs> right, of course. Caitlin, is this an action movie? Action horror something something. Comedy action horror something something. And that's the thing. Like, I do think this movie is good, but it is just shy of being a really great... Like, I feel like if this had been, like, a Sam Raimi movie, uh, because the the comedy isn't quite funny enough, the action isn't quite over the top enough. It's missing missing a strong, creative, like... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh... I would say that this is an action-adventure film. It's definitely got a lot of adventure more than action. There's yeah. a lot of, like, globe-trotting, even though, like, there's, like, like covering distances. <laughs> there's Egypt trotting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They cover, exotic like, locales. Yeah. <laughs> they cover at least 30 meters. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would say it's, like, an action-adventure movie. There's a lot of yeah. gunplay and swordplay. Car play, sand play. There's a lot of play in this movie, and it's all action play. Yeah. I like it. All right. So that is it for bullet points, and now we're just going to do our final reviews. John, your final review of The Mummy. Uh, I give this all the buckles with which to swash. Patrick, your final review of The Mummy. Brendan Fraser sure is handsome. He is. That's so sweet. Oh. Right? Caitlin, your final review of The Mummy. Patrick stole my review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I have to say that... Yeah, okay. <laughs> Mark your review of the mummy. Caitlin picked this movie. <laughs> and apparently, while watching it, changed her entire opinion. You know Is what that I... True? Is that true? Well, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we didn't spend a lot of the review talking about the things that I initially liked in this movie. Like I I mean, I I I feel like when I when I was a fan of this movie, it was much more for like 
the like swashbuckling relationship, like the you know, like it's a Robin Hood type movie, like sure, yeah. Marion and and Robin Hood, which is like potentially problematic in modern ages, but like I always really liked that, especially because um, Evie is a is a much better heroine than was um, gotten in many movies of the nineties. Um, we like she's smart. She often like. Like holds her own when yeah she in takes part in a lot of the action yes. yeah yeah too. I mean it's problematic I mean when we were first when we were first starting to watch it I was like God does she really exist in the times because like her brother gets to go off on digs and like she's clearly smarter than him but has yeah. to stay behind and she's constantly talking about how they won't let her into like the thing that she wants to go into I think that this movie is like an import- important cultural touchstone in like 90s but like it's like a path a pathway stone along the way which i hope we will get better at (laughs) sure well i feel like uh you had a very similar i i recently went back to watch the goonies and boy did i love that movie growing up and boy did i get bored with that movie today (laughs) so i feel like there's a lot of those movies from our past where it's like there's that heavy nostalgia that kind of pulls us back in but maybe they don't hold up Perfectly. We all had that experience with P two. No? Yeah. Oh, exactly, you're right. Yeah. I remember walking out of this apartment in a daze, just like I, I didn't know what to do with my life. Yeah. P two. And T two was and T two was hard because that movie has a great critical reputation. Yeah. The Mummy doesn't. No. The Mummy is kind of remembered as a silly swashbuckly like actiony adventure film. Yeah. It's, it's like not remembered as high art. You know what I mean? You're thinking Man's National Treasure. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I love me some National Treasure. Oh, fuck we yeah. gotta get I mean, some come on, yeah, we should totally watch National Treasure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, The Mummy is still a good time, I think. Like, it is, all in all, it's, it's still a, it's it's still a, a great turn-your-brain-off movie. Yeah, it's a solid B-minus yeah. for me. You know what I mean? You know like, what? it's just positive enough to be like, yeah, it clips along at a good pace, and there's, like, all the fun stuff, but at the same time, it's just kind of like... There's some dumb stuff, too. I think, honestly, the best way to watch this movie is probably on, like, TBS. Yeah. And you've got... Because it's... it's There's enough violence in it that it's not going to be edited too badly. You can get up and make yourself some food during the commercial breaks. And I think it, it really lends itself to having less engagement. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And there's no blood. No. That's yeah. true. Every, everybody who dies in this movie dies dry. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Well, it's in the desert. It's very sandy. That's true. <laughs> Forgot about that. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Patrick Bromley. I have risen again. I am John Rooney. And special thanks to our special guest, Caitlin Taylor, in the house, bringing us the mummy. Say goodbye, Caitlin. Bye, everybody. You didn't say goodbye, Caitlin. I hate this podcast. God, I hate you. <laughs> Body Counts and Beer is Patrick the Mummy Bromley, Mark the Mummy Returns Rosendahl, and John the Scorpion King Rooney. Thanks to our special guest, Caitlin Taylor. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. Please leave us a rating or review and let us know how fantastic we are because we need the validation to feel like complete human beings. Also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, and of course you can email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com. Wait a minute, where did the NC music go? Oh no!